Welcome to episode 150 of the Giant Take Podcast. I am Josh and I am joined by my co-host Alex and we are set up on an on an absolute platter for this episode. We got a offensive coordinator to talk about, a QB coach to talk about, a other other positions to talk about, and a lawsuit filed against the Giants to talk about. A bunch of things, also NFL news. So stay tuned. I'm really excited for it. And if there's one person that I want to be joining, uh, you know, that I want to be joining myself for this episode, the person who's been with me through and through throughout these 150 episodes, a bunch of time behind the scenes, hours of our lives wasted with each other. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's Alex. Um, you know, we've been together since day one, episode one, and we're here, Alex. We made it to 150. So, uh, how are you doing? And congrats on this moment. Congratulations as well. I did make it clear last episode that I hate these types of milestone things, but I will play along with it because it's the two minute intro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's, you, I, can can you take it for it two minutes? It was tough, but I did it. Um, I'm gonna move swiftly onto the content because that's where I'm comfortable. Uh, all right. Um, I don't want to talk about the milestone anymore. The offensive coordinator. We finally got it. Uh, got it. Got the person uh, that will be running our offense. Uh, outside of Brian Dable. It's, you know, a lot of people were infatuated with Pep Hamilton, who was one of the other candidates, but it ended up being Mike Kafka, the Chiefs QB coach, uh, who will be taking over as the offensive coordinator. The deal is not done yet per se, but that's the way it's heading per Garofolo and Rappaport. Very exciting. Uh, Kafka started with the Chiefs in 2017, the year Patrick Mahomes was drafted as a quality control coach on offense before being promoted to quarterbacks coach in 2018, the first year with Patrick Mahomes as the starter. Kafka was elevated to passing game coordinator in 2020. How the Chiefs offense works, uh, Biennemi, who's kind of known as their traditional offensive coordinator, he coordinates mostly the running game and Kafka does the passing game. Uh, It's quite a quick ascension uh, for the 34-year-old Kafka up the NFL uh, food chain so far, given that he was still trying to make it as a quarterback himself as recently as six years ago with the Cincinnati Bengals. He was originally drafted uh, out of Northwestern for the Philadelphia Eagles back when Andy Reid was head coach himself of the Eagles in 2010. That's Mike Kafka. A lot of exciting things here to talk about. Um, But before we get more into him, Josh, do you have stuff on the other candidates or the other finalists here uh, that we had uh, before we go into more why we think Mike Kafka uh, is going to be a very good offensive coordinator. Sure, we can do that. Starting with the favorite uh, from Giants fans, the position of, or the position, the favorite for the Giants at the offensive coordinator position, which was Pep Hamilton heading into this, uh, these in this very quick interview process, might I add, Alex, you know how with the head coaches, they're going to do a deep and wide search. Yeah, this was quick and short, um, just to say the least. The info given to the outside community, the Giants fans, right? No, no one inside the organization was just, all right. Uh, the, the, this guy was interviewed yesterday. This guy was interviewed today, and there's one more tomorrow, and that's it. <laughs> like it, it was very quick. The info came out yesterday on who was interviewed when. There was one more guy that was today. Who was it? Uh, was it Hamilton? I believe it was O'Shea. I want to say was today. I think Hamilton was Tuesday. Okay. Kafka was Wednesday, and O'Shea was Thursday. And we're recording this Thursday evening, yeah. night and right evening. And I mean, this afternoon already, the report came out that it's heading the way, like you said, of uh, Mike Kafka as our offensive coordinator. Well, 
right when Brian Dable was um, selected to be the head coach of the New York Giants officially, the rumors were Ken Dorsey's coming right with him. Then he ended up in Buffalo as their offense coordinator. So something to think about. Let's go into the other, other guys like we were about to do. And he sent it to me for, I will fulfill that role that you sent it to me for. The 47-year-old Hamilton spent the 2021 season with the Houston Texans working with rookie quarterback Davis Mills as passing games coordinator and uh, passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Um, he was the quarterbacks coach with the Los Angeles Chargers in 2020. That was Justin Herbert's rookie year. Hamilton began his NFL coaching career in 2003 with the Jets. He was the offensive coordinator for the Colts from 2013 to 2015, worked with Andrew Luck there. He also worked with Andrew Luck at Stanford. So that's why he was brought in as the offensive coordinator for the Colts because of his experience with um, Andy Dalton in his college uh, time period. And so what I said, oh, you know, we're, we're missing up. We're mixing up the Andrews and Andy's. It's it's great. Both here. Yes. true revolutionary because Hall of Fame quarterbacks. That's sarcasm at its finest. From Alex, thank you. Uh, Andrew Luck's experience at Stanford with Hamilton led him to become the offensive coordinator uh, with the Colts back in the early 2010s. Exciting to see that he was a candidate uh, for this position. All three guys were pretty good. O'Shea just a little bit interesting. Uh, you, you know, interesting in the way of. I didn't like him as, as I think it was the same with Alex as much as the uh, these other two guys. I can understand why people found Hamilton as their favorites. To take Davis Mills from a, well, a stopgap quarterback to becoming a pretty good quarterback uh, in the span of a season uh, was a good thing from him. And then the other guy, Chad O'Shea, like, I, like we talked about. Uh, O'Shea is a wide receivers coach and the passing game coordinator for the Browns. Um, he has held for the past two seasons. The Browns' offense, though, has uh, has been orchestrated by Kevin Stefanski. O'Shea is 49. He's been an NFL assistant since 2003, worked with the Chiefs, Vikings, Pats, Dolphins, and Browns. He was the offensive coordinator of the Dolphins in 2019. And I think the biggest part of that is it was one season, one one and done um, for Mr. O'Shea. And that was a question mark about Brian Flores, which we'll get into later in the podcast, as I'm sure everyone listening knows, unless the news flew right over their head that Brian Flores, you know, has filed a lawsuit against the Giants, among other teams and the NFL. We'll get to it. Uh, but the big question mark was Flores. Why would you fire him or, you know, Flores or the the higher up guys in the Dolphins organization after one season? But, you know, that's just something to think about. Maybe they didn't get along. That was Flores' first year as the head coach of the Dolphins. Uh, and then Giants head coach Brian Dable was in New England with O'Shea from 2013 to 2016. Dable was coaching tight ends and O'Shea was coaching wide receivers. And there was also a connection that I found when doing my research. Um, was it on? It was on one of these guys uh, that had something to do with Dave DeGuglielmo. That's that oh, no, was no, no, an no. offensive line coach. Forget it. We'll get we'll get to Which that. We'll yeah. also get yeah. into. Yeah, there, there's so much to do here. We we got a lot to do here. Uh, but those are the other candidates. Very long explanation of them. I'm, I apologize, Alex. Now you go get into uh, Kafka a little bit, and I'll give my opinions on them. With Kafka, you're looking at a guy who has helped develop Patrick Mahomes, probably the best, if not top three, quarterback in the league right now. Uh, that revolutionary Colts, all, uh, not Colts, Chiefs offense, and um. I'm really excited for Kadarius Tony. We see what they do with Tyree Kill, not saying they're similar players or the same players, but you see what they do with Hardman, Pringle, all those receivers. 
Um, and I think it's going to be really exciting for you to Kadarius Tony. And, um, you know, I'm excited. You kind of got this Josh Allen mix. You got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, not saying that you're going to, um, get the same success as either of those two guys, but you have the right people in place. And I think Kafka actually, I know a lot of people were very high on Hamilton, but I think Kafka is certainly, I, I kind of had ham. I was like Hamilton Kafka. And then like O'Shea was all the way down at the bottom. Um, but I, I'm, I was happy with either of those two and we got Kafka. I'm pleased. I'm happy. I'm excited to see what happens. And the real question will be, who's going to call plays? Joe Shane made it that or came out and said that he'd prefer that Dable didn't call plays. I do think Kafka is going to call plays. If I had to guess, I'd say 85% Kafka is going to call plays. Um, but we'll have to see as the process moves along, who he has as position coaches, et cetera, uh, and what Brian Dable thinks is best for this team. A great job bringing that up, Alex, because I was uh, I, I wanted to talk about it. So it, it was interesting because when we were thinking about uh, you know having Dable here and then bringing in um, already blanking on his name from the Bills, we were already talking about him Dorsey. earlier. He's their new Ken Dorsey. Ken, Ken Dorsey. We were going to bring him in, and it was like, okay, he's going to call plays. Then when Ken Dorsey took the Bills job, I was like, ooh, maybe there's like a at least fifty percent chance that Dable will call plays, no matter who he hires. Then he hires Kafka. So my thoughts on Kafka first, and then we can go into play calling Kafka. It's all about how much did he lead into the progression of Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback position. He's been there since 2017. Patrick Mahomes has been there, I think, since 2017 or maybe 2016. So it's throughout that time, because we knew out of college the star of Patrick Mahomes, right? We, we, you know, when scouting him, even... Ben McAdoo knew the star potential in Patrick Mahomes, but it's how much did Kafka contribute to that? Because if he contributed a lot, well, great guy to add as the offensive coordinator of the Giants. If he contributed a little, we don't know. But, you know, you you would think rather hire another guy than a guy who contributed a little bit. He's just kind of has the spotlight a little bit because his quarterback is one of the best, if not the best in the league. So that's just something to think about there. I also think it's uh it's funny that we hire Kafka and you're already expecting him to call plays, Alex. It's hard to judge any of these guys because they never called plays in their whole life besides O'Shea. Oh no, I lied. O'Shea and Pep Hamilton, because he was the Colts offensive coordinator. Actually, Kafka, it seems like, was the only guy out of the three who hasn't called plays yet. So that's something to think about. Yes, I'm sure. I mean, it can't be that hard of a transition. He's had a lot of time, uh, you know, being a quarterback. So he knows it from behind, you know, under center. And then also he knows it from a stance of the coaching side of things. So I I think it will be a good transition no matter what. But I think there, I don't think it's as high as 85. I'm going to go a good 60. I think it's 60, 40 Kafka to Dable because I think there's still a chance that Dable might call plays for the Giants team, especially since Kafka doesn't have the experience of calling plays like Pep Hamilton, like Chad O'Shea do. And and with him as a quarterback, it was he was a backup practice squad guy in the NFL. Nothing that stood out, but at least we know that he was a quarterback and he transitioned to the coaching side of things. So a good guy to bring in with experience in the NFL. And he can relate to Daniel Jones. He can talk to him because he's been there before. He's been a guy who struggled. He's been a struggling QB in the NFL. Maybe he can help Daniel Jones change. Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside FM allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. 
Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Yeah. What do you Yeah. Um, what I would say, I, I think it's a good hire. I would say Kafka seems like too up and coming and promising that Dable wouldn't have said like, hey, if you come here, we'll give you play calling abilities. That's kind of what I was leaning towards here um, because he has a pretty cushy job with the Chiefs right now uh, to move out. You know, obviously offensive coordinator, it's an upgrade. I'm sure he's getting a nice paycheck, but uh, you know, you're risking a lot by coming here. I will say some people who do say uh, that, you know, why would he come here? Imagine if Mike Kafka, Daniel Jones turns into a top 10 QB this year. Mike Kafka is getting head coaching considerations. Daniel Jones becomes a top 10 QB. He's becoming a head coach. And if Daniel Jones sucks, he still has his OC job because it's probably not going to be his fault, or at least he can blame it on Daniel Jones. So it's a win-win for I him. Mean, I mean, why do you think Dable was a yeah. uh, head coaching candidate for a few different teams? Yeah, exactly. Why do you think Biennemi is a head coaching candidate for different teams? They're the offensive coordinators behind quarterbacks that are absolutely superstars in their own yeah. right. And now the you know experience behind, not behind the ball, but the experience on the sideline leads to, this guy's a really good quarterback. Who's coaching him? Oh, Brian Dable? Okay. <laughs> you know, let, let's let's interview him. So it's not a complete like, because of Josh Allen, Josh Allen's success comes from Brian Dable. No, but you have to assume that he contributes to that. And uh, in the interview process, again, you would, Shane, he's building something here. And we'll talk about it more as we move through. Uh, I, I mean, Alex, you, I mean, again, we got bang, 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 bang here with uh, coaching uh, and, and other staff hires. What do you want to go to next? Because there's a, you can, you can spin a wheel if you want. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we could uh, figure out where we go. So let's go to the QB coach. We're talking about QBs. Let's, we're talking about offense. Let's go to the QB coach. I think that makes sense. And then we'll move to offensive line after that. QB coach. The Giants are hiring Shea uh, Tierney as their QB coach per Ian Rappaport. He was the assistant QB coach under Brian Dable at the Bills. Uh, he was the 2021 Bills assistant QB coach. And for his experience, uh, he was with the Bills since 2018. Um, before that, he was with uh, Alabama as the offensive analyst and then at the Eagles as a football analyst and coaching intern from 2013-2015 and at NC State before that. Um, and in 20... Yeah. I want to say... No, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm done. I was just going to say, I want to say with Nick Saban, he did win the national championship one of those years. I think 2017, they were champions. Although I'm not 100% sure there. I think, Alex, what were you going to say, though? I, I want to, you were going to say in 20 something. 20, you, you might have forgot by now. But I, I was going to say 2018, 2019, he was the offensive assistant for the Bills before in 2020 becoming the assistant QB's coach. So quick uh, ascension as well for Shea Tierney. Uh, and, and it's funny. It's like we go from uh, 
thinking about the the uh, whatever the QB coach in Ken Dorsey for becoming our offensive coordinator, not getting him as an offensive coordinator. All right, let's take his assistant. Who's next on the line? All right, that Tierney guy. Yeah, let's let's bring him in for an interview. All right, Shay Tierney, congratulations, you're our QB coach. It's just I think it's great. Everyone's making the uh, the the joke now that the giant they're they're going to be called the New York Bills because they're bringing in all these Bills guys. Joke or not, I think it's a joke in a positive way, and I'm going to say it because it is. I know it's like repetition. I know it's annoying, but at this, it's good to have guys who have similar mindsets, who have known each other before, who have experience together, and they're not in the Giants organization. They're not from there. They're from other teams where they've had success. The Bills being that example with Shane, with Dable, with uh, this QB's coach now, uh, uh, Tierney. Tierney. Yeah, Tierney, and now with this offensive line coach that the Giants are hiring, the former Bills offensive line coach who will come to the Giants, stay in the same position. His name is Bobby Johnson. His last three seasons have been with the Bills as their O-line coach. He has a connection with Brian Dable, obviously, because Dable is the offensive coordinator who's got to talk to the O-line guy, see what's going on there, make sure the schemes you know, on with the play calling fit what the offensive line is going to do. Uh, again, Really good to have the GM, head coach, O-line coach, and now add that QB coach in there, all connected, all from that same team, Buffalo Bills. Uh, Johnson also has experience working with tight ends. He was a tight ends coach with Miami of Ohio, Jacksonville Jaguars, the Detroit Lions, and the Indianapolis Colts. He also worked in Indianapolis. This is what I'm talking about with uh, DeGuglielmo. He he worked in Indianapolis under the offensive line coach at the time, Dave DeGuglielmo, and then that was Dable's former O-line coach in Miami and a colleague in New England. And if you remember, a few seasons ago, DeGuglielmo came in as the interim Giants offensive line coach um, because a- after the whole situation with Alex, you Mark better have Columbo. his name. Because with Mark Colombo. Look at that. My Giants knowledge, my Joe Judge regime knowledge is top notch. Don't worry about it. I won't be forgetting about it for a long time. So the whole thing was Mark Colombo two years ago, you know, Punch Joe Judge they brought in, face, in yeah. <laughs> they brought in DeGuglielmo uh, to, to help with Colombo. Colombo's like, I don't need help. What, what is this guy doing here? And then they, yeah, apparently Judge and him got into an argument. Judge was like, you're out. And then DeGuglielmo stepped in for the, for the rest of the season. Then his contract was up. But it's just funny here that it can, that all these connections, these little connections in the, uh, in the nooks and crannies of things. Uh, come back to uh, help the Giants let's, out. Let's Alice, just say Joe Judge on- and Mark Colombo are no longer uh, LinkedIn connections. Let's uh, let's say that. <laughs> but but Guglielmo just just makes things happen. He builds connections, I guess. But anyway, what are your thoughts? What what's your thoughts on Bobby Johnson coming in as the O line coach of the Giants? Bobby Johnson, it's an interesting one. The Bills' offensive line, it's average, right? Josh Allen definitely makes it much better than it is. But if you look at the Bills' offensive line. It being average is quite impressive. They don't have any first rounders on that offensive line. Uh, I believe the highest one they have, uh, who's their left tackle? Oh my God, I just had his name up a second ago. Their uh, Bills left tackle. Josh, you're going to look it up now anyway. But uh, You think I know the Bills left tackle, I, I, Alex, I can't believe uh, I forgot his name. Um, what? It's what, fine, I'm going to cut uh, it. Whatever. Um, but anyway, he was a second round pick. I think he is their highest uh, pick offensive lineman on that line they dealt with lots of injuries last year and despite that we're still an above like an average above average offensive line I believe they're ranked 16th so right at that average mark and uh Spencer Mm -hmm. Brown 
they brought in uh, over this past year. I, I believe they picked him in the third round, and they've developed him. He can play left tackle, but that's not the guy you're thinking. No, of, it's um, oh, yeah, you're gonna find it. Um, I have it right here. I th- is it Deion, Deion Dawkins? Dawkins? There we go. And he's turned okay. him into a quite premier tackle. Um, you know, a second round tackle is turned into probably an above average offensive tackle at left tackle. I said tackle about 50 times now, but um, pretty impressive. And Spencer Brown has looked pretty solid this year too, despite being a third round pick. And we all saw what Matt Parrott turned out to be. So a uh, third round pick into a solid starter. Uh, things that are good to see with Bobby Johnson. Similar to this offensive line with the Giants, he wasn't given a lot of talent, but with that, with the talent he had, he was able to uh, make quite a decent unit. Players seem to really like him, and uh, he's really passionate. So things you all like to see. I don't know if you know a lot about this Bills offensive line, but if I'm correct, didn't they do an O-line rebuild within the last two to three seasons, and he was a part of that? Yes, I do believe they, well, they drafted Dawkins, they drafted Brown, um, and they just dealt with a lot of injuries. They have a lot of like free agent kind of guys like Mitch Morse, uh, who came in a lot of these one-year veterans. So it's a lot of shifting around on this offensive line. So he's done a good job despite all the moving pieces, keeping it together uh, and keeping Josh Allen on his feet. Mitch Morse had to have been there for a while, though. Or, or was he with a I think Mitch Morse was, was with another, another team. team but, you know, while. there's all sorts of other guys on their offensive line who have been like one year, you know, kind of like Cam Fleming type players. Right. Um, he was with the uh, the Chiefs. Yeah, he was with the... So, uh, yeah, he was with the Chiefs, I was about to say. So, yeah, a lot of these older veterans, kind of average, below average players that he's able to put in together to make a decently uh, good unit. Chiefs for four years, Bills for three years. So it's been, you know, he's not new. Um, so there's that. So again, another Bills guy we're bringing in. We're building a a relationship. Uh, we're building a team together. The, the New York Bills. Yep. On to a guy who we do recognize the name of. We know him. Uh, he had some other interviews, but he's coming back for another year, expected to return. Thomas McGahey, uh, the special teams coordinator of the New York Giants. Uh, he interviewed with the Panthers, the Chargers, and the Bears about their special teams coordinator positions last month, but didn't take another job. And that appears to have worked out for the Giants. That was from Pro, uh, pro Football Talk. The 48-year-old uh, McGahee had been the Giants special teams coordinator since 2018. He previously held the same position in the NFL uh, with the Carolina Panthers in 2016 to 2017. And then, and then the San Francisco 49ers in 2015, New York Jets in 2014, Houston Texans 2003 to 2004. He was LSU special teams coordinator from 2011 to 2013. Before that, he was the assistant special teams coordinator for the Giants from 2007 to 2010, the Broncos from 2005 to 2006, and with the Kansas City Chiefs from uh, in, two, in the 2002 seasons. That was uh, 2002 season. That was per NJ.com. And uh, so that that does it for the coaching positions. At this point, there's still a bunch we have to go through. Alex, I don't know if you have in here. Here, I want I want to find that exact like the sheet with what what's done and what's still to come. We have Tyke Tolbert, uh, the former Giants wide receivers coach. He won't be with the team anymore. He's going to go to the Bears, and I think he's going to be. Their wide, I he's think gonna he's going to be, be their the wide receivers role. coach and also their passing yeah. game coordinator. So a bit of a promotion. So same role. He's keeping. No, I think he's keeping the same. Oh, role. maybe he is. I, I think it was a. Pa- I think it was the same oh, role. Okay. I think he was a passing game coordinator as well for the New York Giants. Well, he didn't do a good job there, did he? The, the reason that we kept Ty Tolbert, I believe, 
was for Darius Slayton yes. was like the big one because he was the draft pick. Yeah. And then didn't work out. So, good. you know, yeah. All right. Let me let me see if I can find this. You want to move on for right now? Then I want to see what positions we filled, what positions we still got to fill. Yeah. Uh, we meaning the New York Giants. And also, Brian David, I believe uh, the DB's coach, I think he's another Johnson, will also be sticking around. Uh, so that's another player or another coach that'll be sticking around with the Giants. In terms of another coaching hire uh, and, and coordinator position here, the Vikings are expected to hire Rams OC Kevin O'Connell as their head coach. Uh, which obviously means Pat Graham will not be getting the job connecting the dots. He will be back as the defensive coordinator, according to a variety of sources. So you've got Graham, you've got uh, Kafka, and you've got Dable. And uh, your special teams coordinator, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. Don't worry about it. Thomas McGahey? Yeah, it's not going to work out well. The the reason I, I needed to look that up, don't think I just got that. That's what that's what uh, people who like interviewed him said his name. And I, w- I would think they would ask before the interview how to say your name. So I, I have the, the info, Alex, on the Giants uh, coaching positions here. So we can talk about that. That whole um, Vikings head coaching search, the final day of that, very odd. They brought in Jim Harbaugh and Patrick Graham as their two finalists or that you would think the two finalists for the brought, brought them for second interviews that day. Harbaugh was the favorite. Harbaugh informs Michigan after his interview that he's going back to Michigan for another year. Graham just has the interview and then there's nothing off of that. And then they hire a completely different guy. What the heck happened in Minnesota, you know, in, in Minnesota's, um, in Minnesota's offices that day? I don't know. So, it, on the offensive side of things for the Giants, the offensive coordinator candidates, uh, we know who it is. Mike Kafka uh, won that. So he's the offensive coordinator. Quarterbacks coach, we know. Shea Tierney. Running backs coach, they need to find one. Offensive line coach, Bobby Johnson. Then they need a tight ends and wide receivers coach. Then onto the defensive side of things, we have our defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham. We need a defensive line coach, a linebackers coach. And I think you said secondary is still Jerome Henderson. So he's staying there. Henderson, not Johnson. I said Johnson is Henderson. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jerome Henderson. Uh, he had really become a sort of second in commander for Graham on defense last season. He's a quality veteran, secondary coaches from Big Blue View. And then Thomas McGahee is staying as special teams coordinator. So still a few more positions for the Giants to fill up. You want to know another position that they added, though, uh, was they added uh, Laura Young, as the team's director of coaching operations, is believed to be the Giants' first known woman hire on the coaching side. Young comes from the Buffalo Bills, where she was the player services coordinator. Another Bills. We're, we're bringing them. Uh, you, you know the Buffalo, the New York Bills joke. This the is Bills why. Mafia. <laughs> the Bills Mafia is coming uh, south a few hours. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, but so with her role on the or with the Bills. She dealt more with the players behind, like, the more than football side of things type, uh, type uh, deal. She was the COVID-19 coordinator. I want to say or she, like, or she handled that type of things, I, I guess, you know, telling people that they have COVID, how to quarantine, th- things of that nature, having them come back. I, I don't think she was thing. delivering COVID tests. I think it was more that she was... Or she was organizing the organizing of like, how things were going with the COVID test. Yes, All right, you're, you, you know you're, what I, I meant. Okay, I was just clearing it up because you made it sound like she was going around <laughs> sticking up the the, the whatever, whatever you call it up the, the people's noses and testing if they had COVID. No, it's not exactly what she's doing. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, there was that, and then I think she also dealt with 
players' spouses and something something along the lines of that. Um, I have to find the exact uh, thing with that because that's not very good info. So give me a minute. And to with find the that. Giants, obviously, with coaching operations, she's moving more to the coaching side in terms of how coaching operations are going. Coaching uh, more of the coaching side, less on the player side. Uh, so that's basically the shift here. It is a promotion, I do believe. Um, I'd assume so. Otherwise, I don't know why she'd leave the Bills. So, uh, or at least maybe it's a new type of opportunity for her. So, interesting. Don't really. I never even knew that position existed. If I'm being completely honest, but an, another it. member of Bills Mafia on the way. Okay, so uh, Young is the coordinator of player services in a normal year and works with play. This was with the Bills. Works with players and their families in the transition situation to Buffalo, along with assisting the player development uh, team in the daily needs for players. So there you go. And then she was part of the pandemic team. That's what, that's what it was called. So that's, that's the info on her. The Washington football team got a new name, the Washington Commanders. What are they commanding? The Admirals the was so much better. The Admirals was so much better. The Admirals would have been... I love how... And it's so funny. I mean, I know it's like the NFL, and I know it's just like people online, but it's hilarious to me how people on Twitter and just like the the fans, the, the Washington football team fans created a better logo and a better team name than the actual NFL. And by the way, the logo is not even good. The logo is is like average it looks like a state park have you seen the logo alex yes, i have do you see you, chase you, you see, did you see chase young saying he gave it an f like grade wise yes when players were were you know players were able were given the option to rank team names he gave it an f mind you chase young's one of if not their best player on the washington football t- or the washington commanders now but i mean now that you're seeing the logo right i'm taking a second look at it i mean it's terrible. You cannot tell me that's not like a state park. It, I mean, it looks I like a see... badge, like a like a. It looks like yeah, that uh, it looks like a badge the... you like got in Pokemon Go. Like <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> that looks like what the state trooper is wearing in the state yeah, park. Exactly. There we go. There you go. Um. So, <laughs> that, yeah. Oh that, there's and that. There, there's some interest. There's some funny memes about the name change and how Commanders ties with mm. the previous two names and all that. So. I'm not going to talk about it. But. Yeah, there's also some uh, some other stuff that was trending that we're not going to repeat here on the podcast. Uh, but oh, you I know, wasn't there, talking there about was that. Some, but yeah, okay. You know what I'm yes. talking about, though. So if you want you want to look into uh, if you want to go to the hellhole of Twitter, not, then go ahead. <laughs> yeah, then 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 go to that side of things. Tom Brady, Alex, officially, officially, officially ta- retiring. We didn't like official, but official is he retired? Yes, he's retiring. Now everyone's going into Adam Schefter's comments on every post he makes and says, who's your source? Because, you know, they think they're funny. He got it right all along. Yeah, I got, he got it. He did get it right. Still kind of douchey, uh, the, though. Like, you're breaking it. Like, he wants to break it the way he wants to break it. And then you, like, break it before him. I get it's your job and all, but, like, ugh. I think the whole Brady thing, though, with the post in the New England was pretty funny. He picked the picture specifically where he's playing against the Patriots with the Buccaneers. He doesn't specifically really thank the Patriots. He's only thanking the Buccaneers. I think the there's Buccaneers. something separate that he's going to sign a one-day contract or whatever. So uh, There there could be a case where that happens. There could very well be a case if that happens. And uh, we move on now. You, are you ready, Alex? This is the big transition because this, uh, this, yeah. this is pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty big. So um, former... Dolphins head coach, 
has had many, uh, you know, positions as a coach with the New England Patriots, came, you know, was under Bill Belichick for a good amount of time, was a Giants head coaching candidate. Brian Flores files a lawsuit against the Giants, a few other teams, and the NFL. I don't know where you want to go through this, how you want to go through it. I mean, I have my opinions on it. I know you do as well. We could state those a little bit. What, the why the do we watch, overview. Uh, you go. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, so you want to watch a clip? Yeah. Uh, the, the, we, we have a clip about uh, Flores just kind of talking about the process with the Giants and how it went uh, interviewing, and we could talk about it as well. So just the overview of the of the lawsuit, though. We both read it. So this is just the most non-professional reading or overview of what we think of the lawsuit. We, we know what it is. Well, we didn't so read like about, all 97 pages of the document, but yeah. No, but we read the bullet yes, points exactly. that Adam Schefter yes. gave us and Ian Rappaport. Yeah. So there we go. So it was, the, he's, he's, the lawsuit includes the giants for racism, racial discrimination. And he, there was also another situation. Was it with the dolphins? That he was getting paid a hundred thousand yeah. dollars per each game to lose, and Denver, where John Elway showed up an hour late and was sleeping. Um, that was the other one, I believe. Oh, hungover. Yeah, hungover, yeah. sleeping. Yeah, so that was the third one. Right, and and the and then the general too... NFL for just sucking. <laughs> right, and and that alludes to the Rooney Rule and all that. We can we can get into it, but yeah. So here here's a clip. I don't know specifically what it's about. I pulled it out. I think it's about the Giant situation uh, and his, you know. Um, interview with them i interviewed for the giants position um i was set to interview on thursday the, the monday prior uh, before before i interviewed i received a text message uh from bill belichick saying congratulations on the giants basically essentially congratulations on the giants job um uh there was a little bit of back and forth um we have the text messages here on the screen yeah there was some back and forth and some confusion uh, because yeah, you haven't sat down with the Giants yet. I have not sat down with the Giants. with some back and forth, and I just uh, I asked him, "Is this, are you talking to the right Brian?" Mm. Um, and uh, as you, you've seen them through the text messages, he was actually uh, uh, thought he was texting Brian Dayball, who they ended up hiring. Yes, sir. So at that point, how did that make you feel, knowing that you were walking into an interview where a decision might have already been made? Uh, it was a range of emotions, uh, humiliation. Uh, uh, Disbelief, um, uh, anger. Um, now I've worked so hard to get to to, um, to where I am from, uh, in football to become a head coach. Um, put 18 years in, in this league, and it was uh, uh, to 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 go on at what was going to be a what, what felt like or what was a sham interview. I was uh, I was hurt. And, but you uh, went knowing that you probably weren't going to get it. Why did. why did you continue to go? Uh, I think uh, I, I, there's still hope. Maybe it's called it called the audacity of hope. Um, and uh, I, I was, you know, I have a belief that you know there's good in people. I I just do. Um, and- oh, I mean, <laughs> I think it's funny how this all started from just Bill Belichick being the older guy who doesn't normally use his phone, texting the wrong Brian. <laughs> <laughs> there's that for did starters did you see the uh, meme with you know the dog when on draft night yes, a couple the years dog in the chair. and that was who was yep. texting yeah okay Come so on, I, I i don't know where we want to start with this i'll read the text specifically uh for for our for our our uh, audience here here are the texts uh between brian flores and head coach bill belichick i'm trying to pull them up 
<laughs> Here we go. So Bill Belichick texted uh, Brian Flores saying, sounds like you have landed. Congrats. And uh, obviously Flores not even having the interview with the team yet, texted back, did you hear something I didn't hear? And he texted Giants and then a bunch of like exclamation points and question marks. I swear that's not and Belichick then, though, because Belichick doesn't strike me as someone who puts like 50 exclamation marks and 50 question marks. He's not. All right. All right. That's a joke, obviously, but he's not lying. No, I'm joking. I'm <laughs> not saying that. It's yeah. just so funny. I was like, yeah. And yeah. people are like, who is it? And it's the dog. I'm like, no, it's not. So then Flores is like, I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. And then uh, 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 Belichick responds. Got it. I hear from Buffalo and NYG that you are the guy, that you are their guy. Hope it works out if you want it to. So obviously he got a little sense Buffalo. Buffalo? Are you talking to the right Brian? That's definitely what I want. Uh, I hope you're right, coach. Thank you. Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable? Just making sure. Then Belichick responded, sorry, I effed this up. I double-checked and I misread the text. I think they are naming Dable. I'm sorry about that. BB. Thanks, Bill. Back from Brian Flores. So how demoralized, I don't know if I'm using the right word there, but how awful can you feel going into an interview with a team when you know who's going to be the head coach already? That's any job position. I mean, you're going in anywhere for an interview and you already know who's getting hired disgraceful it's disgusting and i think things need to change alex we both tweeted it out the rooney rule i think starting with that the rooney rule is from what dable said on uh the cbs morning show stating that the giants interviewed Flores to essentially quote unquote check a box as brian dable was already the coach and that's i think a thing the thing with a lot of uh, owners in the nfl right it's so funny because two days before this came out, we were on here talking about Ken Dorsey and how every, the reporters were like, wait, 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 the Giants can't hire him yet. They have to interview two black coaches or, you know, black candidates before they do so. And Alex, you were saying, how bad is it to bring in those two guys when you already know who it's going to be, who your coach is? It's stupid. So the Rooney rule, if anything, is just making it worse. It's making it like it's making coaches who you're trying to bring in more because there's only one black coach in the NFL. And you tweeted out, I think there's only three yet, three GMs that are black and there's zero owners that are black. So obviously there's something wrong there. You don't need a lawsuit to tell you that a lawsuit. You don't need it. You can look right now again, one head coach, three GMs, zero black owners. So there's something there. There's something the NFL has to fix. And the Rooney Rule obviously isn't doing that. And we can see because it's been in place since the early 2000s. Before we were born, hasn't done much. Hasn't done much. Yeah. So Brian Flores, he's filing a lawsuit against the Giants, Dolphins, and I believe the Broncos, along with the NFL, stating that the Giants interviewed Flores to essentially check a box as Brian Dable is already the coach. On Wednesday, Flores told CNN that Belichick did not know he was publishing the text messages or filing the lawsuit. Flores also said uh, he and the Patriots coach haven't spoken since. And the NFL repeatedly denies the real problem of racism and instead, (laughs) this is almost laughable, have teams put put social justice on helmets or signs in the end zone because 
That's going to tell people that we're not racist. Not our actions, just our signs and our logos. Good job, NFL. Just like that honestly starts at the top with Goodell. I mean, I know we we like to uh, fan, fans want to make fun of him, uh, you know, for the actions that he does. I mean, but but think about how he deals with racism in the NFL. Instead of actually going full on at the problem, he ignores it, puts it to the side and says, here, this will make a difference. Let's put it in our end zones, in the back of our end zones. Let's put it on players' helmets. Let's not actually go out there and fix that there's only one black coach in the NFL. Let's just ignore that problem and try and, and, try and av- avoid it completely. That's what he's doing. And that's what Dable wants to change, or Dable, excuse me, Flores wants to change by putting this lawsuit forward. And I don't want to speak for the other guys that have come out because Hugh Jackson came out then and said I had a similar situation with the Cleveland Browns as their ownership wanted to pay me per game to tank. Other guys have come out and said, who was the Bengals coach that came out? The the former, I think, Bengals coach came out and said, I had a similar process where I was uh, getting interviewed for a, a coaching position that I already knew the outcome of because of the Rooney rule. There was that. We can go over, uh, I have Eli Manning here. He thinks there was no wrongdoing by the Giants regarding, or by the Giants regarding the Brian Flores lawsuit. He said, quote to the New York Post, I was not involved in any of the pro- of that process in any way, so I don't know the details, Manning told the New York Post, regarding the team's recent head coach search. I know the Giants organization. I know they do everything possible to give everybody a fair chance. They don't care, minority or not. They are looking for the best possible candidate. They are going to do everything properly to look for that perfect candidate. So I don't think there was any wrongdoing there. It's not just the Giants to blame. You can't just go out there. It's all these NFL teams. All of them need to make a difference. All of them need to make a change. They're not doing that. And again, that's why Dable's going out here and, and, Flores. and saying it. Flores. Wrong Brian, man. I'm turning into Bill Belichick. <laughs> turning into Bill Belichick. You know what's interesting? The, the the attorneys that were following Flores around the whole day yesterday, they went by themselves on WFAM to Carton and Roberts. I don't know if you saw this, Alex. The attorneys, one of them, and then the other one kind of had to go along with it and agree whether he did or not beforehand, and said that because Flores was black, because of his race, that was a part of the reason why he was fired in Miami. To me, that's a little bit of a stretch. I don't know, because then they tried to backtrack it, and then they they put themselves in a hole by doing that. And I think, funny enough, like one of the attorneys was not thinking that beforehand and had to defend his his partner. So that was a little bit of an awkward situation. That because now there's that's the problem with two attorneys. I feel like because like you're saying conflicting things. Like just one attorney. Like <laughs> I don't know. That's how I feel. Well, they wanted to. Yeah, they they definitely made the press runs yesterday, though. They did. They they were very successful at that, going from CBS to ESPN to CNN. The attorneys going to WFN. I'm sure a bunch of other places they went to, uh, but they they got their they got their money yesterday. They made their runs. And my my final thoughts on it is that. We, we, we repeated it throughout this thing, but I mean, I think Flores definitely makes a point, if not multiple, uh, in this lawsuit. And it's it's necessary, I think, in order for something to, to hopefully be done. And and hopefully it's not the Rooney rule, because the Rooney rule needs to be gone, done for. It should it we shouldn't we don't we shouldn't have to have a rule to help us no matter you know, to help tell us no matter the race, best candidate should be hired for the job. 
There shouldn't need to be a rule for that, Alex. And you shouldn't have to be. It's just, I, I'm done. I'm done with this. Honestly, it's it's pissing me off talking about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate whether or not you believe the Giants did any wrongdoing. I really think that's not even the point. Um, because we know this happens around the league, whether or not it's the Giants or not. It's a league wide. It's a league wide issue. Wide issue. Yeah. Too. So you. you know, the, there's just there's obviously a problem, and things need to be uh fixed and um the giants actually just like you know they're releasing statements here and there they just released one about 40 minutes ago kind of reiterating the same thing about how brian flores was given uh, a chance to come in he was uh, in consideration until the 11th hour etc which has kind of been their defense so far uh we'll see they obviously have to protect themselves from a legal standpoint we probably won't know what actually happened but uh, we do know one thing that there is a massive injustice in the nfl as a whole yeah and uh, so with that, that was our last topic of the day here on this episode of the Giants Day Podcast. Very, again, jam-packed, action-packed episode 150 uh, of the podcast. We appreciate if you stayed around uh, till close to the end, but there's a few things we want to talk about for the future uh, of, of the podcast. That is, first of all, a bunch of content on the YouTube channel. Go check it out, the Giant Take on YouTube. Uh, our next podcast will be coming in the next uh, few days. Um, I would say within the next five days or so, talking about the Senior Bowl that is happening currently, some prospects that we like, things of that nature. So look forward to us soon. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Go to shipitstudios.com slash giant take to find out everywhere you can listen and lo- uh, watch the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at the giant take pod on Instagram and Facebook, the giant take podcast. And I'm on Twitter at JoshHello29, Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. And with that, from me, thank you so much. Alex will say thank you again because we both thank you. And uh, Alex, close this out. Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 150 of the Giant Take Podcast. And we'll see everyone next time uh, with some Senior Bowl content and uh, looking forward to the 2022 NFL Draft. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.